1: Welcome to the Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on the Podbean, I guess, podcast network, podbean.com, or on the Podbean app. Here we are engaged in relentless daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. And I, if you're hearing a uh, yapping in the background, there is a small dog outside who is barking at everything that he thinks is moving. And I apologize on his behalf so to start things off welcome back to the show i'm glad you're here um i also like to wish everyone a happy indigenous Panda bears day yes that's right indigenous pander bears i'm uh, really talking about the sudden onslaught of pander bears that have taken over the democrat uh platform here in recent months um but, you know, first of all, have to pay the bills, and to pay the bills, that is where you, the listener, comes in, because if you go to patreon.com slash relentlessdaring1 and become a patron of the show, become a patron of the show, and your your donations via Patreon is what helps, you know, it's what helped buy my soundboard, it's what keeps my iPad somehow running that gives me, you know you get all my right store all my sounds and all that from whenever I'm doing the show. So all of it goes to good use it it goes back to you it makes you my boss it makes me accountable to you and I appreciate everything that you all do for me as patrons on Patreon. Also you can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless hyphen daring yes i know it's a mouthful to say i apologize go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless hyphen daring that is my merch shop you can get the uh, truth justice jackassery t-shirts you can get the hoodies with the rd flag logo on them go there again That's more stuff it shows number one it shows your support for this podcast and also again commissions from the merch sales go into the show because this show is literally funded out of my pocket and whatever you all put into it it goes directly back into the show and All the help to keep this train on the tracks is absolutely needed. Thank you so very much. But yeah, uh, today we're going to be looking at, like I said, the invasion of the pander bears. And I was going to have a neat, mediocrely produced fake commercial selling pander bears. Unfortunately, life happened, and I didn't have a chance to make that commercial kind of view on the podcast. Uh, there was Wax Be a while back when uh, Bob Mueller gave his testimony before Congress where it sounded like he was reading from a report that had his name on it, had his signature on it, but I don't think he had a damn clue what went into it. But hey, it be what it be. I going to be looking at Poor Miss Greta. Yes, Miss Greta Thunberg. You see, someone nominated her for a Nobel Peace Prize, and well, she was snubbed. I'm gonna have to go make sure I had this article pulled up because Newsweek, those hateful right wing. Hate mongers mongering in hate over at Newsweek point out the fact that she was snubbed because Norway is highly involved in petroleum exports. That's right. Uh, it's a, I'm sure it's a lovely article I haven't read. It. I just saw the headline but the headline definitely made it well worth noting. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm gonna get into it in just one second. All right, so I was telling you that about all the pander bear stuff that was going on. So, it Thursday night? They had the big LGBTQ two plus I A A E I E I O town hall on CNN. <laughs> the the pandering was through the roof. I mean, I I, I have here what I found that was put together. via is put together via the blaze of the craziness like some of the most cringeworthy moments which yes it the snippet does go back to when the black trans activist person i don't want to assume gender that would be rude and well, uh, we can't be being rude on the. They want to say radio, but it's not a radio. It's a internet website. But poor Blossom was just so upset as she took as she pulled it. She went full Kanye and took the remote from someone who was trying to speak. Um, you had someone who said that because their name was mispronounced they were a victim of violence because obviously oh i pronounced your name wrong oh i'm so sorry i did not mean to verbally assault you this is what i don't know what the world's gotten into pretty sure it's crack cocaine but you know, to quote the great Wayland Jennings, stop the world and let me off. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Joey De APK. I'm glad you're here. But yeah, um, anyways, getting into what his titled The Absolutely Most Cringe Moments from CNN's LGBT Town Hall. And let's just stop right there for a second. We're we're starting off, which I am a compassionate fellow. I understand that Maybe I don't see eye to eye with the trans community. I don't see eye to eye with the assumption that I have to give everybody who I meet my preferred pronouns. I understand. Not everyone thinks like me. That's cool. I appreciate that. Actually, I'm a compassionate fellow. If you legitimately believe in your heart of hearts that you are a man, despite what God gave you between your legs and in your abdomen, if you legitimately believe that you are a woman, despite what God gave you between your legs, I respect you. I don't necessarily agree with your worldview and your point of view, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing over that stuff. That's part of life. But when someone like Fredo Cuomo is going to jump in and say, oh, those are are your pronouns? Yeah, mine too, mine too. Now you're just being a douche. Which, you know, in the frame of reference for Chris Cuomo is really not that far out of the ordinary because, well, he's Chris Cuomo and he's writing off what his brother, the governor's notoriety, his daddy, the former governor's notoriety. I mean... Jump in there and, and rightfully so. Chris Cuomo was given the social media smackdown by the LGBT community for making a very off color joke. Well, I wouldn't even say it's off colors, an ill received joke about she, her, hers also being his, or I guess now her preferred pronouns. Yeah. That, ladies and gentlemen, I understand humor. I'm not the funniest guy. But I do understand there's a time and a place. And when you're talking trans and gay issues, you really can't make a, a whole lot of jokes about that. Not a good one, but I do all this with no mouse and a crappy laptop. But going on with this little bit of audio. all right so this is blossom whom i spoke about a second ago going full kanye because black trans women are being killed all over america it's an epidemic no no it's it's not an epidemic is it bad if they're being targeted because they are you know the trifecta of intersectionality They're a woman, they're trans, and they're black. If they're being targeted for those reasons, for all three of those reasons, that's not good. I will be the first to say that's not good, and it's something that I would like to separate myself from. But the fact that, you know, this woman and her nine-year-old child are there to ask a question about a policy concerning what affects their lives as much as it does Miss Blossom's life. And as she just comes up and yanks the microphone from her out of their hand and good on Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon—they handled it incredibly well. Um, They—they didn't have security come in and grab her and haul her off. Although these are people who are all running for president, and security allowed some stranger. To just rush the stage, pretty much. What if that person was a, you know, kind of uh, last week they had the eat the baby, save the world plant from um, uh, the crazy people pack. Was it LaRouche pack? They had the LaRouche pack person in there with the, yeah, to save the world, you have to eat the babies. Imagine if someone had implanted themselves into that audience and intended to do harm to one of the candidates. God forbid that happened. I'm not suggesting anyone should do that. If you assume that I am asking someone to do that, you're an idiot. I want you punched right in the dick immediately. That disclaimer being said, I mean, these are presidential candidates. I might not agree with them. I think they're as wrong as wrong can be on a lot of issues. The fact that there's security, CNN, I'm putting the onus on you because y'all are the ones who arranged the town hall and got all that set up. That you're not going to stop someone who is walking at the stage in an irrational tone of voice is gonna happen again thank you uh Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper for handling that with the grace and with the light touch necessary to disarm the situation allow this activist To get what she had to say off her chest and keep it from becoming something that could have been much, much worse than what it was. So I'm going to get ready to hit the button now and get it going again. All right, so going back, there's someone who was asking a question, and people started shouting over him. And then they stick a, a gay rights flag in his face. He's part of your crowd, and you're shouting him down because he's trying to ask it. Again, this goes back to um, a huge issue of the left eating their own where there are so many competing voices on the left right now that even they can't figure out what's going on they just want to shout each other down and raise all hell and if they take down someone on their side in order to get their point across they don't care and frankly, the same thing happens over here on the right side with us. And it's not good that we allow it to happen. But, you know, again, it's that's the world of politics today is that, you know, it doesn't matter what side, if we don't agree with you, Or you think you're taking our turn to state what we need to say? We will shout you down and, you know, ensure your silence so we can get our point across. Whether, you know, it's these activists at a town hall shutting down a gay man because you don't think his, uh, you don't think his. Point his question, his voice is valid. You know, it's it's craziness, and it. I don't know. This goes on to you know, you know the Antifa crowds who go and show up at. you know, they're trying to shut down andy no from speaking at the heritage foundation because it's andy no and they don't like the fact that he's been reporting on their shenanigans in portland and their illegal activities there i'm gonna keep going a little further on this i will find a place to stop shortly i am sure (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. all right, there's another huge pander moment for uh, Beto O'Rourke. It's bad enough he's pandering to the to the Hispanic vote because he is a very obviously white person using a very obviously Hispanic nickname, Beto. But, you know, and then he comes out and he makes a clear shot across the bow of churches because churches are have tax-exempt status. and because they have tax exempt status a lot of people on the left really hate that because oh my gosh they support things that we don't agree with there's churches that they don't believe in gay marriage they don't believe in x y or z oh my god how are they tax exempt they they, pre- they get political messages from the pulpit that's illegal well, uh, they're making some argument that churches can't well if you're a church, you're going to preach your worldview and if your worldview is centered around a God whose moral requirements, guess the his rules of what you should or should not do include if you're a man don't have sex with other men if you're a woman don't have sex with other women and don't mutilate your own body why can't they preach that from the pulpit without having their tax exempt status attacked because if you and i i'm getting ready to reference a an article from the atlantic which when this goes up on the podcast i will have the link to that atlantic article in the show notes that way you see that i'm not crazy making things up because that conservative bastion of conservative thought at the Atlantic, they did an article on Beto's uh, shot across the bow of churches and pandering to the groups of people who think that churches should have to pay taxes, that churches should not be allowed to preach such horrible, hateful, homo, trans, whatever-phobic messages from the altar. Because First Amendment, who needs it, right? Hey, come on. We're already letting Google and YouTube and uh, Facebook and Twitter control what we say. Why not the government? But I digress. But in the Atlantic, they, they took a look at the fact that There are Evangelical Democrats, usually middle-of-the-country voters. And they're not going to like being told your church should not have a tax-exempt status because of what it preaches. One of the first people to get lined up in the event of, say, an oncoming hurricane, or some major storm where there's going to be people displaced the first people to open their doors in the event after a huge tornado or something are churches there's millions and millions of dollars that come from churches that go into charitable efforts during a hurricane cleanup They are there with the volunteers, helping to rebuild after a natural disaster. They're serving meals and housing people who have lost their homes after wildfires. You take their tax exempt status and all that charitable money that funds these works, it goes away because now the churches are going to have their property taxed they're going to have tithes get taxed so money that can go into charity go into charitable works into disaster relief for their fellow americans will be essentially just up in smoke because who's going to want who's going to want to tithe who's going to want to make you know donations outside of tithing to their church if they know that well if I give this money to the church they're going to have to pay whatever the corporate tax rate is because I guarantee you they're not going to go for some you know a personal tax rate they're going to view a church as an LLC and they will come come at it at the corporate tax rate. And who's going to donate to churches if they're not able to use all that money for good? I thank you, Beto. Thank you for, you know, not only hell yes, you're going to take our guns, but. Yes, we are going to tax the crap out of your churches because we are going to punish them for having a worldview that disagrees with my own. Going back into the soundbite. Thank you, thank you, thank you, producer, for that little bit. Back to the show. All right, so this is where I was saying, uh, uh, I had my mic turned down. Um, this is where I was saying that uh, Dom Limited did an amazing job setting this uh, situation down. All right, so thank you Uh, again. This this YouTube, I got this video off YouTube. It's put together by the Blaze, and they did a really good job with it. And if you haven't seen the video, which, again, the link will be in the show notes when this gets posted as a podcast, at the very end of that, when they have Joe Biden on there, yeah, Joe Biden has a problem with getting handsy with people. I'm pretty sure he was trying to make out with Anderson Cooper on stage. Cause he was talking about uh, some. He walked into an office. Someone tried to give him a kiss, and he walks over to Anderson Cooper. Actually, he's going to give him a hug and leans in like he's going for the kiss. It's like, Joe, Joe, let go of the nationally recognized CNN host. I know you love Anderson Cooper. I think he's a great guy myself. You don't need to be trying to make out with him on national TV to prove a point. Anyways, I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back after this short message. all right, so one of the things I oh my goodness, this whole I need to teach myself how to turn my microphone back on before I come out of a break. Sorry I'm still learning but so... One of the things I brought up earlier was how everyone's climate expert activist, I don't know how to describe her. uh, Greta Thunberg, everyone was talking about is how, oh my God, she needs the Nobel Peace Prize. She has done as much for global warming as Barack Obama has done for nuclear disarmament even before he had the ability to do anything about nuclear disarmament. But I digress, I would hate to besmirch the integrity of the Nobel Prize Committee. So that's right, I will let Newsweek do it for me. So uh, again, I mentioned earlier, there's the Newsweek article, which yes, there will be a link provided. So, uh, the headline: Greta Thunberg snubbed for Nobel Peace Prize by committee run by Norway, one of the world's biggest oil and natural gas exporters. If you're wondering when this was released, it was this morning, six a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So, you're reading through the article, the Nobel Prize was surprised odds or pardon me. Let me restart. The Nobel Committee has surprised the odds makers by not picking 16-year-old Greta Thunberg to win the 2019 Nobel Peace Prize. The five-member Norwegian panel instead announced on Friday that Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed had won the, prize, won the award, quote, for his efforts to achieve peace and international cooperation and for, in particular, his decisive initiative to resolve the border conflict with neighboring Eritrea, end quote, a statement said. Thunberg has become figurehead of the youth climate movement after skipping school to protest outside the Swedish parliament in August 2018, inspiring waves of students, waves of student strikes that followed. Sorry, it was kind of clumsily written. I can only do so much with what I have. Uh, Continuing on, over the last year, she has, among other things, led a global climate strike spanning 150 countries, graced the cover of Time magazine as a next-generation leader, and sailed across the Atlantic in a yacht to speak to lawmakers in Washington and New York. I'm going to pause button this right here she went in front of the un and talked about how oh my god you have stolen my childhood and i'm not going to live to have children blah 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 so many words and gave us the now amazing gift how dare you use it every chance you get it's amazing but Her, she was so distraught over losing her childhood, she sailed on a yacht. Who paid for the damn yacht? I mean, she's 16 years old. She doesn't have that kind of money sitting around to rent a yacht to take her across the ocean. Which promptly kicked her off, or I'm sorry which she departed she disembarked upon entering the united states and then went home leaving her stranded wondering how she's getting back to sweden when it's all when when her little climate chaos tour is complete which leads another question who's paying for her to fly you know, she's not walking or yachting around the country while she's here, like when she was in Rapid City, South Dakota, a few days ago. It was a, what rather nice fall day! So I wish she had been around for when the cold front went through. She may have taken back some of those words she said. I doubt it. But Yeah, uh, reading further into the article, quote, Greta Thunberg has become a household name, elevating the climate conversation both globally and generationally, end quote. Gregory Whetstone, president and CEO of the American Council on Renewable Energy, told Newsweek, quote, every nation can benefit from heeding her advice and accelerating the transition to a renewable energy economy, end quote, which i don't know if you know this mr ceo of the american council on renewable energy but renewable energy is not that particularly reliable and to get the material to make renewable energy generation systems be it uh of lithium for these for the storage batteries the massive amounts of copper and cobalt used to build the generators for wind turbines or the uh whatever the material is they used for solar panels to actually collect the sun and convert the sun's energy into electricity what it takes to make those incredibly unreliable power generation sources is far worse than anything that the united states coal plants and coal mines are doing today uh, coal mines today have got to where they can in the united states at least they don't strip mine anymore where they decide that hey we want the coal under this mountain so we're just going to start from the top and work our way down so this mountain no longer exists they've gotten better actually tunneling into these mountains or under the Underground, I know there's some coal mining in some fairly flat places in Indiana. And they are able to mine the coal, and you don't even realize there's a coal plant there. But, yeah, here's this guy. He wants, oh, the whole world would benefit. No, the whole world wouldn't if the wind's not blowing wind turbines don't generate electricity if it's incredibly cloudy with lots of uh over with lots of overhead coverage solar panels don't work that well if at all the batteries to store the electricity generated By the solar cells, at this point, are not the most reliable, and sure they might be charged, but the minute you start using them, they they just they just drop charge. But this is what everyone wants us to go to: these technologies that require moving an incredible amount of earth, the chemicals used to process that or to be able to separate the copper from the other other minerals to separate the other heavy metals involved from whatever whatever other elements they are mined with are incredibly toxic and harmful to the environment but we want to do that versus what we have that through Regulation as well as through corporate interests or corporations looking out for their own financial interests because they know if they can portray that look at how much we've reduced the carbon because we've converted this power plant from coal to natural gas. Natural gas releases way less carbon than coal does. I, they're. We have that we have nuclear and they're working on nuclear plants now that will burn up you know so to speak spent nuclear fuel from other reactors or from older generations of reactor that way you don't have situations like under st louis where you have a uh nuclear waste storage facility that's on fire yeah you know these these things happen it's just burning nuclear fuel under a major metropolitan area but well it it be what it be it'll eventually hopefully maybe one day burn itself out i don't know but you know going back into the article here uh, one of those countries is the nation that effectively decides who wins the Nobel Peace Prize each year. Norway, where the five members selected to serve on the committee are chosen by the Norwegian parliament. The country has a complex relationship with greenhouse gas emitting fossil fuels, which historically have been, and arguably continues to be, a major source of Norway's wealth. Norway, are uh, quoting... Norway has benefited from oil and gas production in multiple ways, but primarily from the security and economic advantages they have derived from exporting energy to other parts of the world. In quote. Michael Weber, Josie Centennial professor in energy resources at the University of Texas at Austin and chief science and technology officer at NG," told Newsweek. Oh, my God. Can you imagine his business card? it's got to be the size of an index card for those of you who are young and don't know what index cards are they are little light gauge cardboard rectangles that you use to write recipes on addresses for your rolodex which i'll get into that on another show or you use it for notes that way you can write you know bullet points for maybe a class you're giving a speech but and it's that's what an index card is so then and with a title like that josie centennial professor in energy resources at the university of texas austin and chief science and technology officer at ng it's NG is an acronym, E-N-G-I-E, (sighs) E-I-E-I-O. Oh my goodness, it's so many words. Quote, that has earned them phenomenal wealth divided amongst a small population and security because they don't need to rely on other countries for their energy. End quote. Huh. Granted, they are one of the many countries that modern-day socialists will point to and go, that's how you do it right, right there. The thing is, places like Norway and Sweden don't have socialism. I know, it's scary. Really, they have uh, situations that have freer economies than the United States. However, they do tax things at a higher rate. And their social programs do provide for a lot. Medical, housing, don't know what else, but those two things for sure. I'm sure the roads and their schools are absolutely amazing. But the oil companies, as opposed to, say, I don't know, Venezuela, they're not... They're not owned by the state. They're owned by private corporations. So these are the things that's going off onto another tangent. I'm gonna get back to the article before I go off on how socialism in the in Scandinavia is not really socialism. So Back to the article. While it strives to be a low-carbon society by 2050, committing to the goal in legislation and pushes for environmental policy, it remains one of the world's largest exporters of oil and natural gas. According to the CIA, Norway is the world's third largest natural gas exporter behind Russia and Qatar. There's a Lots of letters name. I'm willing to attempt to pronounce if I get it wrong. Feel free to tweet at Daring Podcast and shame the ever-loving Daylight on me if I do not pronounce this correctly. Samani Sengupta, bless you. Writing in the New York Times in 2017 causes conflict between climate leader and oil giant. A Norwegian Paradox. Norway, for the last 50 years or so, developed its dependency on oil, which has also given us a wealth other countries can barely dream of. A spokesperson from Greenpeace, Norway, told Newsweek. Oh, anonymous sources. Shocker. We are in a climate crisis, and the world can't afford Norway to keep its double standard the way it does now. Without getting super heavy into it, I do believe that the climate is changing. As noted throughout many history books that study the the geologic history of the Earth, the Earth has gotten hotter. The Earth has gotten colder. 150 years ago, it was much colder than it is today. In fact, it was the end of the Little Ice Age 150 years ago. So we really we can kind of guess it fairly accurately what temperatures of the planet were 2,000 years ago, you know, using geologic studies and you know even you know, two thousand-year-old records talking about growing certain crops at a certain time of the year at a certain location. That can that can really be helpful towards looking at you know where should we be as far as temperature wise goes but not everyone wants to listen to someone who's trying to be calm and rational they always think that the calm rational ones have lost their minds and need to be verbally smacked down but i digress indeed the largest big the, I'm sorry, the latest figures from the US Energy Information Administration, the EIA. So normally producing 1,864,000 barrels, why can not they say 1.8 million barrels? Anybody, anybody, Bueller, Bueller, anybody? million barrels of oil in one day in 2018. That made the 15th largest producer worldwide. In 2017, the country generated, again, doing some math, 4.3 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, making it the seventh largest producer globally. Bulk of this energy is exported outside the country because most of the population lives on the coast. I know it's a weird thought that you know, you live in a kind of mountainous country, you might not want to put a whole lot of towns, you know, inland. But again, I digress. The bulk of this energy is exported outside the country. 1.3 million barrels of oil a day in 2017 and 4.2 trillion cubic feet of natural gas in 2016, according to the EU or the European Commission of the EU. The executive branch of the European Union. Norway is in the global top five exporters of crude oil, with the oil and gas sector making up approximately 22% of Norwegian GDP and 67% of the country's exports. Huh, it's almost like they don't have anything else worth exporting because they're not Sweden with IKEA. But I digress. Quote, even though the Labour Party is slowly slowly starting to talk about a more climate-friendly industry, most of the youth parties, except the far-right ones, now want to end oil. The debate on this is going very slowly, say Greenpeace Norway. again. I'm assuming they're quoting the same person who wanted to remain anonymous. We need a systemic change that the Norwegian government in no way takes responsibility of. Huh, I don't believe them. At the same time, government is taking some steps to a renewable future, including a push to electric vehicles. Our government did the same thing, You still don't see a lot of electric vehicles on the road. However, if you can find me a good deal on a Tesla 3, I may be interested. One initiative is to ensure all new cars sold by 2025 are electric or hydrogen-fueled, and thus, zero emission. I don't know how to tell them this, but they're already hydrogen-filled. Or hydrogen fueled. When you burn hydrocarbons, where do you think the hydro comes from? That's right. They're long chains of carbon and hydrogen and oxygen. But what do I know? I'm just a dumb grunt. Do, 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 do. Indeed, for the first time in its history, in March 2019, electric cars were sold in a higher number than gas and diesel cars. I'm assuming because they don't manufacture their own vehicles in Norway, they were that's what they asked to have imported. What's more, the country's electricity generation is almost entirely renewable. In 2017, 96% was produced by hydropower. <gasps> So they're freaking out over a handful of non-renewable power generation systems because not even the overwhelming majority, nearly all electricity is provided by dams and turbines. Huh. Another 2% was produced by wind power. Reports the Climate Action Tracker, an independent science-based analysis of government action on climate produced by Climate Analytics and the New Climate Institute. Oh, my God, I would hate to see their business card. This article keeps going on, talking about how Norway is just an evil country that is owned by the oil companies. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to believe that, by all means, believe that. That's on you. But I think it's also important that if you don't believe what the quote status quo says, you should not be ridiculed for going against the grain. If you are a person who disagrees with the quote status quo, end quote, then challenge but don't be a jerk about it you know make have good arguments that's the biggest thing if you want to if you want to fight for truth and justice to put a stop to this jackassery you have to be a rational person irration and being unreasonable making ad hominem attacks and just being an absolute jerk to people, which I get it on Twitter, it's easy. I try really hard, I fail, I'm human. That's part of the human experience. But, you know, these these are things you have to work on. Have the better argument. Don't be afraid to go after someone who you say, you know, I know what they put was wrong and I want to find a tactful way to to try to take take on their argument. Maybe you'll get somewhere with someone. Maybe you won't. But hey, that is part of it. All right, so that's gonna do it for this week's show. Those of you who tuned in and gave a listen to the live uh, show, thank you so much for tuning in. No one tried to call. No weird text popped up on the screen from someone in India whose name I cannot pronounce. But again, Thank you all for tuning in, even if it was just for a couple of seconds to say, hey, what's this live show about? And if you didn't agree with me, hey, I'm not offended. That's life. Again, uh, if you want to communicate with me at any time, my DMs are open on Twitter. You can follow me at Relentless Pod or at Daring Podcast. I'm sorry. It's been a really long day. You can follow me on Twitter at Daring Podcast. You know, tweet me there, use the hashtag Stay Relentless. You know, that way I can, you know, do a, a quick search, see what people are saying. You know, also, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, please download the Podbean app. I'm not being paid by Podbean to say this, I'm paying them to, you know, host all this so if i can kind of give them a plug i'm going to but if you're you know listening to this on the podbean app thank you uh if you're listening to the podcast maybe you're listening to it live and you don't know how to do the podcast whatever you know you can find the podcast on apple itunes google play stitcher spotify uh youtube they pop up on there whenever i, I uh, post the podcast of the live show go there check it out uh youtube for sure you know mash that thumbs up subscribe you know you know write a comment Really don't read the YouTube comments because sometimes they can get worse than Twitter, but I digress. Yeah. So all those places where you can find the podcast, especially on Apple. If you're listening to it on Apple on iTunes, four things. Number one, hit that subscribe button if I'm getting subscribers you'll be updated every week when the show hits then they need to then you need to rate it you rate it at five stars yeah okay if you don't like it yeah be honest I'm not gonna twist your arm into you know giving a good giving a good rating of something you're you don't like but hey I will read your I will read your feedback on Apple because if you think i can do it better tell me i can do it better if you have a suggestion by all means i will listen to it um maybe maybe i'll actually follow through on it or at least do my best to follow through on it. it is what it is but you know but you know, on the as far as ratings go the higher you rate it and the more people rate it the easier it is for me to find new listeners as well as other listeners to find the podcast. You leave a good review, then when it pops up for someone who hasn't heard the podcast before, they can read reviews and go, oh, we, all these people do like it. I'll check it out. And finally, the fourth thing you can do if you're listening on iTunes is share the podcast. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. Share the podcast. That way, you can send it directly to your friends who you know will like it, or you strongly suspect will like it, and it spreads that way. Again, thank you all for listening. You have been amazing—an amazing audience. I love doing this every week. Enjoy your weekend, and as always, stay relentless.